Romans 2.22, Romans 2.22, and we're going to go down through those scriptures. I'm going to kind of finish up this morning just to kind of press down on what we're talking about, this thing of adultery and so forth, and, uh, and we're going to take off on it tonight just doing that. Uh, here's going back to what is talked about this morning. Thou sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Remember this morning what I was talking about, we saw, well, well we, we think this is adultery, but this is not. And if we're not careful, we've got a, a d- duplicate standard that brings up hypocrisy, and our, our adultery is okay, but yours is not. And so God even talks about that there. Let's go down to Romans chapter 7, verse number 3. And uh, so then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Now, I don't have time to go into the context that night, but that's talking about being freed from the law and married to Christ. Okay? And uh, pretty soon I want to give you something. But we're going to just hit a few more verses there. Mark chapter 10, well, let's go to Proverbs chapter 6, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 27. Uh, There's some things that we need to uh, really get a hold of on this and just keep in mind. Mark, uh, Proverbs chapter 6, 27, can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? What's the obvious obvious answer to that? Going to get burned. (laughs) Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? What's the obvious answer to that? You're going to get your feet burned. Look at verse 29. So he that goeth in to his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her, shall not be innocent. God says that's guilty. And, uh, and that we just need to have a high standard, uh, a godly standard, a biblical standard concerning these things. Look at verse number 30. Men do not despise the thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he's hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. But, look at verse 32. But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. I want you to let that sink in. God says, if you commit adultery, you, you, just, you don't have understanding. Much less wisdom. <clears throat> he that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get. Now watch this. And his reproach shall not be wiped away. <clears throat> I was preaching revival up here north not, what was it, a couple, three weeks ago. And I don't know, I just got into several things there one night. And, uh, and I mentioned the fact of, um, uh, you see this issue that we've allowed since, especially since 1940s up through, you know, the turn of the century. I mentioned to them tonight, I said, um, if your former spouse walked into church, you're going to get tight. Very seldom do you see someone who's you know been divorced go to church. You know, there's a reason for that. So much tension, but it creates. A, I mean, I'm telling you, you just get thinking about it. everybody. Thinking, oh, we're happy in Jesus. We're happy in Jesus. Well, what if your former spouse walks in? You're going to be real happy in Jesus. <laughs> And uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on on the surface that we really don't realize how, when, from, you know, in the point of, now, don't, don't get off on this, just keep your, you know. Uh, but here's another thing I want to say to you. Look at that, the, for jealousy of the rage of a man. Yeah. I want to tell you a little something. You, take, you steal another man's wife, he'll never get over it. And he'll think you're a sorry, hell-deserving scumbag the rest of his life, and I don't care what you tell him. Yeah, yeah, amen. God clearly says he will never get over that. 
And we got a lot of situations where somebody has stole somebody's spouse, and then they found a church to go to somewhere, and everything's hunky-dory. Everything is not hunky-dory. You better get that on the blood. You better get that fixed as, as much as you can earthly and humanly fix it, and then let be sure it's fixed with God Almighty. Okay, and we're not talking, <clears throat> thank God for the blood, amen. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God for His grace. But these are serious issues. Now, we're going to show you why here in a little bit, a little bit further. And it, He will not regard any ransom. You can't pay Him anything. You can't be nice enough to Him. Right. Let me tell you what He thinks about. Every night, He thinks about you're in bed with His wife. That's what He thinks about. This will get real. And then Satan eat him up with it. So much so that he'll liable to kill you. If, 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 if he does not let, if, if, the only thing that will restrain him is the law going to prison. Something like that. <clears throat> so I'm telling you something. It's nothing to be messed with. And in this church, no. Amen. And not anywhere else. But I'm telling you right now, you know, keep your eyes and hands off everybody else's wife. Okay, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. <clears throat> You're talking about blowing a church out of the water. Just let something like that go on. And, and somebody, you know, let, you're talking about blowing. And I'm telling you, I, you know what? I asked God this week, how come you got me preaching on this? I don't know. I, if you all notice, I busted clear out of the series of feast messages and preached this. And you know, and it could be preventive medicine. So be careful. <clears throat> and by the way, wives can steal husbands. You know. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. That's strong, strong language. Now, thank God for verse number 11. And such were, were, some of you, but ye are what? Washed. But you are sanctified. In other words, brought out of that, brought away from that unto the Lord. But you are justified, made innocent in the court of God. Amen. 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 Come on, say amen right there. Justification. Amen. I've been forgiven. Amen. It's been made right in the court of God. That's what that word means. Amen. Justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you're justified, in his holy name. And by the Spirit of God. It's not in works of the flesh. It's by the Spirit of God. And thank God for the forgiveness of sin. Galatians 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, and on and on it goes. Go to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 14. <clears throat> having eyes, this talking about this generation of people, having eyes full of adultery. It cannot cease from sin. And they beguile unstable souls. I encourage you young people, get stable. You're real stable, real solid about what you, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what you're going to do, what you're not going to do. You better have your mind made up before you get in a bad place. Amen. Yeah. Have your mind made up before you have your mind made up before you get in bad. <clears throat> and heart where they have exercised covetous practice, cursed children, eyes full of adultery. Hebrews thirteen four, marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will do what? Judge. Judge. James chapter two verse number ten. Whosoever keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. 
For he that said, do not commit adultery, he said also, do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. I'll tell you, nobody has kept the whole law. I was with some men this week, and I had a measuring tape. And I took that measuring tape, and I just took it like that. And I said, all have come short of the glory of God. Amen. And that one boy looked at me like, hmm. He said, you know what that means? I don't measure up. I, have, I, I, don't, I haven't fulfilled the law. I haven't measured up to God's standard of righteousness. And that's why you have to have Jesus as righteousness. But so you may say, well, I haven't, you know, as far as you know, or you don't think you've ever committed it. If you break one point of the law, you broke it off. It's like a chain. Ten, ten links in the chain, you break one link, you're gone. Hey, we need mercy. Amen. We need a savior. We need a substitute. We need a sacrifice. And we have him in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't give you all these verses to bring heaviness on you. But if you haven't repented and you don't have a godly sorrow, <clears throat> then yeah, I want it to be real heavy on you. You're in trouble. But there's forgiveness to be found in the name of Jesus Christ. He has the authority and the ability and the power to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. <clears throat> Let's look at uh, Mark 7, 21. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts. And I want you to notice this word. And this is where, remember the blackboard up here this morning? Adulteries. Plural. Here's what he's talking about. Adulteries. All this stuff. Okay? <clears throat> That's where that comes from. Uh, now, I want to just throw this at you. And we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5, guys. Ephesians chapter 5, you can take that in your Bible if you want to. I want to show you something that's very, very precious, and I want to show you why. How many would say, Reggie, you know, I've, I've looked at all these verses you brought out, and by the way, just part of them, I have no way in the world got all the verse about it. Must be, you know, we go from Genesis to Revelation, and Revelation's got a lot in there about it, especially on the, the false church and so forth like that. God has a lot to say about this subject. He, uh, Proverbs 5, 6, and 7, plus other passages are just full of this, about, about this issue, okay, of adultery. And uh, it's a serious matter. And there's a reason God takes it so seriously. In Ephesians chapter 5, starting off there in verse number 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word now. As Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Marriage, here's the big issue about adultery. This is bigger than anything, than all the verses we read. Marriage is a picture of your salvation. Christ, the bridegroom, the church, the bride. Your salvation is a picture. Amen. It's pictured in marriage. Amen. Salvation is a covenant between you and God. It's a sacred, sacred covenant that's happened now. <clears throat> Let's continue reading just a little bit there and then I want to get, get on some. Verse number 27, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man yet ever hated his own flesh, but nourished this and cherishes it even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And you take that back to Genesis chapter 2 and tying together uh, bone and bone, Adam and Eve, that marriage there where God established marriage. 
Verse 31, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Christ is the head of the church. The church is the body. We are one with Christ. We're going, we may, I don't know how it's going to go tonight, if we look at the Feast of Atonement at one with, that's at one month. The word atonement is at one at, at one month, okay? What Christ did for you and I on the cross makes us at one month with Him. Joined together with Him. Now, he said in verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. You look at that. I, I speak concerning Christ in the church. Now, what is God saying in all this thing? He said that marriage and this relationship between a husband and wife and uh, the holy, uh, sacred institution of marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. So if I were the devil, what would I attack to destroy the picture of, of salvation in front of people? Destroy the marriage. If I wanted to pervert people's thinking about salvation, what would I do? I would pervert their understanding about marriage and the institution of marriage and twist it. Now I'm going to throw something at you. In, go to Romans chapter 7. I'm going to show you something. Romans chapter 7, verse number 2. <clears throat> For the woman hath the husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. Okay, let's do something here. Who is the husband in the marriage of Christ and the church? Who's the, who's the husband? The Bible says that I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm a what? Alive forevermore. Jesus Christ is never going to die again. The woman that hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. Okay. Now, when you get up to get married, the preacher should say, based upon the Bible, till death do you part? What in the world do they say that for? Where did that come from? It came from the covenant relationship between Christ and the church. Now I'm going to throw you something to make you shout. I'm going to throw you something to make you happy. As, until death do you part. I am in a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ until death do us part. And I get so tickled at these people that believe you lose your salvation. Watch this. I got a husband that ain't never going to die. Amen. So you know what that means? Till death do you part, there ain't going to be no parting. Okay? Somebody says, yeah, but what about you? Well, I'm going to give you this. When I got saved, he gave me something. What did he give me? Eternal life. I got news for you. I ain't dying either. Neither spouse is going to die. We're in an eternal covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if that, don't, if that don't light your fire, you say something right now. My husband is never going to die. His spouse is never going to die. How many things? He, he, he's the head. If his spouse died, it'd be a headless body. If he died, it'd be a headless body. If, if, if we died, it, we'd, it'd be a bodiless head. And let me tell you something. That's why Satan hates marriage. That's why he wants you to think unbiblically about marriage. That's why he wants you to think, oh, it ain't no big deal. Oh, that's why he wants you to think, ah, you know, just have one here and one there and it don't matter and it, all this stuff don't matter. Yeah, it really matters because Satan knows it's a picture of Christ in the church, which he purchased with his own blood. So I got good news for you. 
If you're saved, you have eternal life. If you have eternal life, it can't cease. That's just that's Bible. I give unto them eternal life. Some yo-yo out of Susan Rubbeck catalog didn't write that. God Almighty wrote that to you. And you didn't give it to yourself. He gave me his life. His life is eternal. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. I'm going to tell you something. Let the rest of them think they've lost the salvation every two or three days. I'm going to shout to victory all the way home because my husband liveth. Amen. He gave me eternal life. We're both going to live forever. Ain't nobody. I don't know. If you don't like that, I can't help you. Amen. I can't do you no good at all if you don't like that. I, I was thinking about that this week, and I just went and had myself a spell out in the yard. <laughs> I said, Lord, there ain't nobody around but me and you. Let's just have us a spell. Amen. I want to give you another thing. Marriage involves intimacy. I tell you what, I kind of like to talk to Karen when ain't nobody else around. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me what? I'm his own. I'm his own. He wants you to do more than just come to church. He wants you to have an intimate walk with him and a relationship with him. To have visits with him that you can't have with nobody else in this world. To be able to talk with him and tell him things you can't tell nobody else in this world. Amen. Well, it's 7.33. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to sing. I ain't going to preach no more. That's enough to choke, just enough to choke the devil out anyway tonight. Amen.